people think, oh, well, you can do it, but I can't. That's not true. Anybody who is devoted to learning to love themselves and taking care of themselves physically and emotionally will be able to access their higher guidance with some practice. And that changes everything in life because then you know you're not alone. Then you know that you have a source of guidance that will let you know what's right for you and wrong for you, what's good or bad for you, what's loving to you, what's not loving to you. That's an amazing way to live. Welcome to the Drew Perlman Show. Think of this podcast as the antidote to the fear, the noise, and the talking heads in the news. The show features an entertaining blend of ancient wisdom, empowering ideas, and cutting-edge, healthy living science to optimize your health and your life. All right, let's dive in and get started. Today's guest on the show is Dr. Margaret Paul. Dr. Paul is the author of many, many books and co-author as well. Uh, and, And these are books such as Do I Have to Give Up Me to Be Loved by You, Inner Bonding, of course, Healing Your Aloneness, the Inner Bonding Workbook, which I work in all the time, Six Steps to Healing Yourself and Connecting with Your Divine Guidance. And Dr. Paul's books have been distributed around the world and have been translated into 11 languages. She holds a PhD in psychology and is a relationship expert, a noted public speaker, workshop leader, educator, chaplain, consultant, and artist. She has appeared on many radio and TV shows, including The Oprah Show. Dr. Paul, it's great to be with you today. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to this. This is episode two with you. Very, very exciting here to have you back. And uh, as I was telling you before, I've become one of your biggest fans and I'm and I'm constantly telling people about your work because, you know, we hear about self-love. We It sounds like a great idea, but the reality is I don't think we know how to do it. And you've right. really provided a platform to, for, for doing it. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people talk about the what, like you're supposed to love yourself, but they don't actually deal with the how. And that's a completely different issue. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. You know, what, the first thing I wanted to, to discuss with you is, you know, we're, we're recording this the beginning of December. And, and I have found that dis- for many people, I think, including myself, December it can, and, and times around the holidays can be a very triggering month, a lot of wounded self coming out when we get together with our families, perhaps, and a lot of reactivity. What, what do you recommend for people to do during really this particular time of the year? Well, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people do want to focus in on, on compassion this time of the year, and but they don't think about bringing that compassion to themselves. And, and that's one of the issues. They, they, you know, they reach out, they try and help people this time of the year, which is great. It's wonderful. But um, we all need compassion. And what happens with so many people is they, they reach out to others in the hopes that others will reach out to them. And then they don't. And then they feel let down, uh, you know, especially with families over holidays. Um, but when, when you learn to really love yourself, and part of that is bringing in compassion for your own feelings and your own needs and learning from your feelings rather than avoid them. That's a big part of inner bonding is to learn what your feelings are telling you and have compassion for everything that that you feel and everything that you need and go through. Then you're not approaching um, the holidays, especially families from a needy place. Mm. And that's one of the things that's so important is to enter um, a family dinner or whatever it's going to be from a full place. 
And, and the only place, the only way that we get filled up is when we're really open to learning about uh, what our feelings are telling us and we learn to connect with our higher source. We all have access to a higher source of love that can that we can bring in to fill ourselves up. Uh, but if people don't know how to do this, then they enter those gatherings, uh, you know, scared of judgment and feeling empty and wanting to get filled up. And they're inevitably very disappointed. Mm. I, I love how you I love how you put that entering from like a full place instead of a needy place is so I mean, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and but people people don't realize that 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 the, they have the capability of opening to their source of love, however they see that, whether they see it as God or, or, or their higher selves or the energy of the universe or, or an angel or whatever, it doesn't matter, but that we live in a universe of love and we can learn to open to that love and bring it inside. And it's not just love, it's peace, it's joy, it's intelligence, um, it, it's laughter, it, it's, it's so much, and we can bring it inside and fill ourselves up. So often with the clients that I work with, I say, what are you feeling? Empty. And to them, that's a natural state, empty. And somebody else is supposed to fill them up, whether it's their, their partner or their children or their work or something else is supposed to fill them up. And, you know, they, they feel full for a moment, just like you eat a meal and you feel full for a while, but then you're empty again. You're hungry again. Well, it's the same thing here. Somebody can pay attention to you, give you, give you approval, have sex with you, whatever it is. And for the moment you feel full, but then it goes away. And, and so most people don't realize that this is not about getting it externally through possessions, you know, houses, cars, boats, money, people, approval, sex, whatever. Uh, it's about learning to tap into that source, which is here all the time and bringing it inside. And that's one of the things we teach people to do in inner bonding that makes such a huge, huge difference. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard to do. It's just that most people don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do it, Dr. Paul. And, and, and I know last time we talked about how, you know, every morning you go out and you, you go through the, the inner bonding um, process, you'll go out in the woods and you'll go through it. Um, it's also practice, right? I mean, just practicing it on a daily basis, just going, catching yourself when you're in wounded self mode, um, yeah. which I, it was interesting last December, I, um, I hit a point where I just had so much stress. I literally passed out three wow. times and had to go to the nerve. I had to go to the emergency room and they're like doing all these tests and like, what's wrong with this guy. And as it turns out, it was really just stress and maybe a little dehydration, but but I was, I was definitely in my wounded self and, um, you know, just feeling a lot of negative things. And, you know, it seems really helpful just to be able to catch that, you know, catch that wounded self. And, and, yeah. And, and, and that's wonderful that you're open to, to catching that because what happens with a lot of people, first of all, they identify with that ego wounded self. They think that's who they are. They don't realize that they have a soul. They have a true self. They have the part of them that is created in the image of love. And, and that's who they really are. But because so many people suffered as they were growing up, they cover that over 
and they learn, you know, survival strategies. We all learn survival strategies and that becomes our identity. That becomes, that's the wounded self that that's stored in the lower left brain and the amygdala uh, part of the fight or flight mechanism and all our fears and false beliefs are stored there. And that, and then people think that, well, that's reality and that's who I am. So then they just want to control. That's what that part of us is just want to control, getting love, avoiding pain, feeling safe. And they don't realize that they have a part of themselves that is so pure and so beautiful and so loving and so uh, brilliant in, in many different ways because they've identified with the wounded self. And then because they're so addicted to the control, they don't want to be unmasked. So the fact that you're saying, well, I'm catching myself in my wounded self is great because it indicates you're open to that. But that's that's the first thing that has to happen for people. You know, as you know, with inner bonding, there's only two intentions. One is the intention to control, getting love, avoiding pain, feeling safe. And the other is the intention to learn about loving ourselves and sharing our love with others. So you obviously... Um, since you really love inner bonding, your major intention is to evolve in your ability to love, which is why I think we're here. But with people who have not made that choice to open to learning, their whole intention is to control. They don't want to know that. They don't want anybody to know that. They don't want to know that. And so um, to, to notice the wounded self, you have to be open to learning. Because if you're not, then you're going to be hiding that part. You don't want anybody to see it. You don't even want to see it. Mm. So it's great to hear that you're that you know you know how important it is to be aware of that part of ourselves that's operating from fear and lies and false beliefs because that's what needs healing. And if we're not aware of it, we can't heal it. And and would you say that really our emotions let us know like? you know, what, what state we're in. So if people are like, well, I don't know if my wounded self is in charge or my higher self is in charge or my loving adult, but it, but would you say that it's really about how we're feeling? Like if we're feeling like lots of stress and we're feeling lots of anxiety mm -hmm. and yeah, that's yeah. right. And, and, and it's so sad that so many people are taught that their feelings don't actually mean anything or just let them move through you or don't pay any attention to them or why cry over spilt milk or all that. You're absolutely right. Your feelings are letting you know what state you're in. So if you're feeling anxious or depressed or angry or guilty or shame or any kind of stressed out feelings, um, you're in your wounded self because you're abandoning yourself. And when you abandon yourself, you're rejecting yourself. And that creates those feelings. Whereas if you're feeling peaceful and you're feeling full and you're feeling um, loving with yourself and with others, then you know that you're taking loving care of yourself. So your feelings let you know that. They also let you know about what's happening around you with other people uh, uh, or with events, with life. Like our feelings can let us know when there's danger if we're tuned into it. Our feelings um, of, of loneliness let us know that either we're not connected or the other person is not connected, but we're not connecting. We're, there's, there's a loneliness. Our feelings of helplessness over others or events let us know that we, we can't control this situation, that something's happening, it doesn't feel good. We can't change that person, so we have to take care of ourselves. Mm. You know, our, our, our feelings of heartbreak 
heartache and heartbreak let us know that there's something going on here that we need to attend to. So all of our feelings, let it, all of our painful feelings, let us know there's something to attend to, either externally because of the loneliness or the, or the grief or the heartache and heartbreak or helplessness, or because of what we call the wounded feelings, the anxiety, depression, guilt, shame, all of that. But they let us know it's time to attend. It's like, I call it having your inner baby monitor on. It's like if you have a baby and, and you want to be a good parent, you, you listen. And, and the minute the baby cries, you pick up the baby, you attend. We need to do the same thing with ourselves. We need to attend. And our feelings let us know. So step one of inner bonding is, is learning to get present in your body. This took me a long time because I wasn't present in my body when I started inner bonding at all. I mean, I could tune into other people's feelings, but not mine. And so it took time to move from the head, which we've all learned to do, into the body and be aware, be aware. So now I'm aware if I feel anything other than peace and fullness inside, I'm aware of that mm. so that I can attend to it. That's great. And, and that's, that's really helpful. I mean, the, the awareness and also as you talk about like taking the responsibility for what you're feeling, yeah. because like, it seems like the temptation, Dr. Paul is to be other person focused or other situation focused. And they're doing this to me. I'm, I'm feeling this because of them, but that's really not the case, right? I mean, it's, we're, we're generating that, that feeling. Well, sometimes it is because of them. I mean, if we're if we're feeling um, helpless, somebody's being unloving to us, and we feel helpless over them, but we're not helpless over us. Um, so sometimes, like with what I call the core painful feelings of life, it is interactive. But with the feelings of the wounded feelings, we cause all of that. And when most people, like you said, they want to blame something. They want to blame something or someone for their anxiety or their depression or their guilt, their shame, their anger, their aloneness, their emptiness, their jealousy. They want to blame somebody. And of course, that puts you that puts you in a victim state. The minute you don't want responsibility for your own feelings and even the painful feelings of life, we still have to take responsibility for them. Nobody's going to do it for us. And so if we don't want that responsibility, which of course we can't take from the wounded self, we have to do from the loving adult connected with our higher source of love, um, then we're victims. And you know, we look around society, how many people see themselves as victims? Victims of, of people, victims of life, victim of, victims of God, whatever, but victims. And that's, that's such a powerless place to be. Well, you know, the interesting thing is that once you accept helplessness over others, and over events, then you're empowered to take care of yourself. Hmm. And that's what this is about. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, it, it does seem so in, in the world today, as we kind of take a, take a step back a little bit in the world today, there's so much chaos, there's so much violence, um, hatred and, and all of this. And it does seem that there are a lot of wounded selves running around and probably yes. calling the shots and, and all of that. And, maybe lacking living from their wounds and also lacking any form of a spiritual connection. That's um, right. I mean, do you think that's a big part of what, what's at play with conflict in the world today? Just a, a lot of little, little wounded people kind of running around. 
Yeah, um, I, I do think that that's a, a very, very big part of it. One of the problems is, is that when you're operating from your wounded self, you're vulnerable to being led by a, a, a charismatic leader. I don't know if I don't know if you know this, but um, about four percent of the population are born as sociopaths. And they they have a part of their brain missing. The part of the brain that's missing is the part that can love and have compassion and have a conscience. Well, if you're operating without a conscience, you can do anything. You can kill, it doesn't matter, like Hitler can kill millions of people without feeling bad about it at all. Well, if you look around the world, that's what's happening. Because when somebody is a sociopath, many of the sociopaths, all they want is power and control. And so they become leaders, you know, like the like like Putin is sociopathic, and and I think both, you know, the both sides of the of the war in Israel, the people leading it, I think, are sociopathic, both sides, mm-hmm. and because they wouldn't be doing what they're doing, even even regular people in their wounded self still are capable of not acting out and just killing people. You know, they, they, they become followers. And that's one of the problems is, is that you're right. There's so many people in their wounded selves, but they're but just, you know, they they usually have some compassion, some empathy, something that stops them just taking out guns and shooting people. But those people that do that usually are either extreme narcissists or sociopathic people. Mm-hmm. And they're they're often charismatic. And often people who are not connected with themselves will follow them. And that's a huge problem in the world. Mm, they'll follow these people that are lying and stealing and killing and, you know, want, want total control. They're fascist people and they want total control. They follow them because they're so out of touch with themselves. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow, 4% sociopaths. Yeah, that's, that's one in 25. That's 25 people. That's a lot of people. <laughs> that's great. That is very frightening. Yeah. That's yeah, unbelievable. I would have said, I would have said like less than 1%, but no. for that's, that's, that is, that is frightening. Yeah. The, the, I, I found that out in a great book called the sociopath next door, uh, because oh. this woman did all the research on it and, um, with MRIs and everything. And yeah, 4% of the population, that is one in 25 people. That is a lot of people. That, that can do anything uh, right, without, right. without thinking about it. More the reason that people need to do inner bonding and get into their hearts and connected to a higher source because if we don't do it, we, you, you're right. We're going to let those, those people take over, and that's, that's a big problem. Well, and, and then another big problem that's happened that makes people vulnerable to charismatic leaders is our, our food supply which mm. is dumb people down so yes. much. It's just dumbing people down because it disconnects them. It creates problems, you know, I'm sure you know, problems in the gut, which creates problems in the brain. And then people get anxious and depressed and they're, they, be, they can't think for themselves. It's like if I, I mean, I rarely watch TV. I don't like TV. But if I watch somebody like uh, in a debate or, you know, a politician, I can tell immediately whether that person is lying or whether that person is coming from their heart. I know instantly, I can feel it. Mm. You know, I've been eating organic for over 60 years now. My brain is really clear. Um, 
But if you've been eating sugar and, and processed foods and all that junk, your brain is not clear. And you cannot pick up the energy of that. And so it's so easy to get pulled in by these people. Mm, that's a great point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, last time, Dr. Paul, you said something. I, I think it, to me it's so helpful. It's something I try to do on a regular basis is you, you, I think you sent this out in one of your, your emails that you send out where you said today's loving action Practice opening to learning with your spiritual guidance, asking throughout the day, what is loving to me now? And really, I mean, as, as if some, I think if some people just wanted to start, if, if you wanted to know what, what, what's something you could do today is right. like you say, just go around asking yourself, what is loving to me now? What's yeah, my highest good? That's right. Unfortunately, we don't have good role models for that. Our parents did not know how to love themselves. Mm -hmm. And so uh, and people in our culture, where, where do we find the role models for that? Yeah. And so um, even if somebody doesn't believe in anything spiritual or they have no spiritual connection, what I recommend from them is just even ask the air <laughs> what's <laughs> loving to me. Because if, really, if they really want to know the answer to that, spirit is here, whether they believe in it or not, those answers are there. And so if they just ask the air or ask an image of an older part of themselves, a wiser part of themselves, what's loving to me right now? What is in my highest good right now? They're going to start to receive answers if they're open. See, re receiving spirit is about, um, is about our frequency. That if we're, if we're trying to control, we're operating out of a low frequency. If we're angry, depressed, anxious, we're in a low frequency. We're not going to access because that information exists at a high frequency. So if, so the intention to learn raises the frequency. Eating really clean food raises the frequency. Being out in nature raises the frequency. And so, you know, if you're asking what's loving to me right now, but you're angry, you're not going to get there. Mm. But if you really, if you really want to know, if you're really open, if you haven't been drinking or smoking or, you know, having ten cups of coffee a day or anything like that or eating sugar, then your frequency will be high enough. And if you have trouble, go out in nature because nature is a very high frequency. Mm -hmm. And ask the question and just open. And and it may not come immediately, but if you stay open. You'll get an image or you'll get words. I mean, I, I lots of times get holograms, just whole, whole pictures. Like, this is how I do my work when I work with people because I don't rely on my own mind to know how to help somebody. Mm -hmm. I, when I, before I work with anybody, I always open and ask my guidance to guide me in this. And so when I'm working with somebody, I'm receiving an unbelievable amount of information about them that will be helpful to me. And they often say, how did you know that? Well, I know that because I'm receiving it from their guidance and my guidance. I don't know it in my own mind, but I know it because I'm receiving it. Mm -hmm. And I'm not especially talented in this. I had to learn it. Hmm. People think, oh, well, you can do it, but I can't. That's not true. Anybody who is devoted to learning to love themselves and taking care of themselves physically and emotionally will be able to access their higher guidance with some practice. Mm -hmm. And that changes everything in life because then you know you're not alone. 
then you know that you have a source of guidance that will let you know what's right for you and wrong for you, what's good or bad for you, what's loving to you, what's not loving to you. That's an amazing way to live. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. That's so, so critical. So critical. Um, Dr. Paul, a few final questions. This is just so much, so much uh, wonderful words of wisdom here. Dr. Paul, what brings you the most joy? <laughs> um, well, I love to laugh. Yeah. You know, I love to be Doctor with people who have a great sense of humor because that <laughs> brings me a lot of joy. Um, I love, I love to create. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love to create with others. That's a very joyful, of, you know, to spontaneously create. I love to help people. It brings me great joy. I mean, I've been doing this for 54 years and I still get great joy out of, out of helping people. Um, I love, I love to write my podcasts. Um, I love to write because I let spirit write through me and that's really fun. So there's a lot. My, my grandkids bring me joy. Um, nature brings me joy. Um, I love springtime when everything's popping out. I get great joy out of that. Colors just, there's a lot that brings me joy and, and my house, I mean, you can't see my house, but I'm an artist and, and, and so there's beauty all over the house and I get joy walking through my house. Oh, oh, wonderful. Love that. Love that. And then what are the things that make you feel strongest and the most balanced? Well, a lot of that, I mean, I make sure that I exercise every day and I make sure that I eat a very high density nutrient diet. I don't eat a lot. Um, older people don't need a lot of, a lot of food. Uh, but what I do put in my body, I'm very, very careful to put in, you know, very clean and very nutrient dense food and, and then getting enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Those are the things. That, and then really just taking care of myself, doing inner bonding is what keeps me balanced. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. And then, um, what are the th- last question? What are the things that make you feel the most engaged and inspired by life? You know, there's so many things. It's like I, I just got off a call with um, I'm, I'm a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, which is 130 world leaders. And we meet every week um, with a woman named Lynn McTaggart, who does intention work. And, and we we set our intention like we've been doing it for Israel and Palestine. Um, and the people in the group are so brilliant and so loving and so caring and so inspiring. And also through that, the, um, uh, the Transformational Leadership Council, I belong to a diversity group. And it's the same thing. It's like everybody supports everybody. Everybody is so accepting, so nonjudgmental. I find that extremely inspiring. Mm-hmm. I'm, inspiring I'm inspired by creative, loving people who are doing great work in the world. Love that. That's awesome. And um, Dr. Paul, where can people go? So, so someone listens to this, they want to learn more about you, your books, your work. Where should they go to check you out? Yeah, go to innerbonding.com. Um, we offer a tremendous amount. There's, there's articles, there's courses. Um, I do a, a bi-monthly um, live masterclass, which is great for people to support them in inner bonding. I have, like you said, I've got 12 books uh, out there, the Inner Bonding Workbook you mentioned is a great way to learn it. I have a free course on the website. 
We have many trained facilitators. We've got a fabulous facilitator training program. So there's facilitators all over the world that work with people with inner bonding. And I work with people also as well. And so um, there's many, many ways of learning inner bonding. And certainly some of them cost money, but some are free. There's plenty of free offerings on, on the website. Dr. Paul, it is a pleasure to be with you today. It is an honor. It is a great joy of mine to, to chat with you. And uh, I just want to thank you. Well, thank you, Drew. You take care. Thank you for listening to The Drew Perlman Show. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In the words of Mark Twain, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than the things you did do. So throw off the bow line sail away from the safe harbor and catch the trade winds in your sails explore dream discover and stay well everyone